Welcome back to Graveyard Shift. This is your host, Frankie Cambaletto, and this is another episode of Single Shot. This one we're calling Railroaded. The assassination of Abraham Lincoln was a murderous attack. Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, was killed at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. on the evening of April 14, 1865. He was shot in the head by Confederate sympathizer John Wilkes Booth. Lincoln died the next day. The assassination occurred just days after the surrender at Appotomac's courthouse of General Robert E. Lee and the Army of Northern Virginia to Union forces led by Ulysses S. Grant, which had signaled the effective end of the American Civil War. Lincoln's death plunged most of the country into despair, and the search for Booth and his accomplices was the largest manhunt in American history to that date. Booth was a member of one of America's most renowned and respected families of actors. His brother, Edwin Booth, was widely regarded as the country's leading actor, a mantle he had inherited from their father, Junius Brutus Booth. And John Wilkes Booth was an acclaimed performer in his own right, celebrated for his charisma, athleticism, and dashing good looks. He grew up in the border state of Maryland, but was particularly popular as an actor in Richmond, Virginia, and considered himself a Southerner. Moreover, he passionately advocated for the slave system, having promised his mother that he would not fight in the Confederacy. Booth remained in the North during the Civil War, and his hatred of abolitionists and Lincoln deepened. In March of 1865, he and a group of conspirators in Washington, D.C. plotted to abduct Lincoln, though none of those plans ever came to fruition. On the morning of April 14, 1865, Booth, distraught over the collapse of the Confederacy, learned that the president would be attending a performance of the comedy Our America that evening at Ford's Theater. Gathering his fellow conspirators, Booth outlined a plan to assassinate not just President Lincoln, but also Vice President Andrew Johnson and Secretary of State William Seward. Booth tasked Lewis Powell, a tall and powerful former Confederate soldier, with the attack of Seward to be aided by David Harold and George Asserot, a German immigrant who had acted as a boatman for Confederate spies, was to kill Johnson. Booth himself was to assassinate Lincoln. All three attacks were to occur at the same time, about 10 p.m. that night. In any event, Astrod failed to carry out his assignment and never approached Johnson. Powell invaded Seward's home and slashed him repeatedly with a knife. Seward survived the attack, but his face was permanently disfigured. At Ford's Theater, Booth made his way to the private box in which Lincoln and his wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, were watching the play with their guest, Clara Harris and her fiancé, Union officer Major Henry Rathbone. Finding the president's box essentially unguarded, Booth entered it and barred the outside door from inside. Then, at a moment in the play that he knew would elicit a big laugh, Booth burst in through the box's inner door. He shot Lincoln in the back of the head once with a 44 caliber Derringer, slashed Rathbone in the shoulder with a knife, and leapt from the box at a stage below, breaking his left leg in the fall. What Booth said while committing the act is still a matter of some dispute. Audience member variously reported that he exclaimed, Six Semper Tyrannus thus always to tyrants, the state motto of Virginia, or the South is avenged, or both, before disappearing through a door at the side of the stage where his horse was being held for him. On the other hand, in a note written a few days after the assassination, Booth claimed that he had shouted six semper before he fired. In any case, Booth ride off into the night and out of Washington, meeting up in Maryland with Harold, who had fled the scene of the Seward attack with Powell. Lincoln was attended to immediately by several doctors who were in the audience. It was felt that the president should not be moved far, so he was taken across the street to the house of William Peterson, who rented extra rooms to lodgers. In one of those rooms, Lincoln was laid diagonally across a bed, for which he was otherwise too tall. 
Doctors had little hope that unconscious Lincoln would recover, and throughout the night various cabinet members, officials, and physicians kept vigil in the small room. Mary grieved hysterically. When Lincoln was pronounced dead at 7.22 a.m. on April 15th, Secretary of War Edwin M. Stanton famously pronounced, Now he belongs to the ages. The next day was Easter Sunday, and throughout America, sermons in Christian churches equated Lincoln's martyrdom with Jesus' sacrificial death. A period of national mourning ensued. Observers reported that African Americans felt Lincoln's loss particularly keenly. Historians have noted that Lincoln, who many even in the North deeply disliked, became much more revered in death than in life as the myths surrounding him grew. After public viewing in both the White House and the Capitol, Lincoln's body in an elaborate open coffin was taken on a 13-day train journey across the country to his home in Springfield, Illinois, stopping en route to lie in State and Independence Hall in Philadelphia, and to be paraded in a hearse down Fifth Avenue in New York City, among other stops. Millions of people lined the street to pay their respects. As for the perpetrators, the fleeing booth had his leg treated in Maryland by Dr. Samuel Mudd, who would later be convicted of conspiracy, though his descendants waged a protracted battle to prove his innocence. While a massive manhunt fueled by a $100,000 reward filled the countryside, surrounding Washington with troops and other searchers, Booth and Harold, aided by a Confederate sympathizer, hid for days in a thicket of trees near the Sakaya Swamp in Maryland. While hiding, Booth kept a diary in which he recorded almost all universal condemnation of his actions. He had expected to be Harold as a hero. Having undertaken further efforts to escape, Booth and Harold were tracked down by federal troops on April 26 at a farm in Virginia, near the Rappahannock River. There, Harold surrendered before the barn in which he and Booth were hiding was set aflame. Refusing to surrender, Booth was shot, either by a soldier or by himself, and died shortly after. Rumors persisted that it was not Booth, but another man thought to be him who was killed, but there was no acceptable evidence to support that notion. Eight conspirators were tried by a military commission for Lincoln's murder. Several of them had participated in the plot to kidnap Lincoln, but were less clearly involved in the assassination attempt. Harold Powell, Asserat, and Mary Surratt, who ran a boarding house in Washington frequented by members of the Confederate underground, were found guilty and hanged. Also found guilty, Mudd, Michael O'Laughlin, and Samuel Arnold were sentenced to life in prison, and Eggman Spangler received a six-year sentence. Another conspirator, John Surratt Jr., fled the country, but was later captured and stood trial in 1867, though his case was dismissed. That is the case. That is the story of the assassination of President Lincoln without having to watch a three-hour movie. But here is a little-known fact about the circumstances within the Civil War. <coughs> but here is something else you should know. During the Civil War... A young Robert Todd Lincoln was traveling by train from New York to Washington during a break from his studies at Harvard. He hopped off the train during a stop at Jersey City, only to find himself on an extremely crowded platform. To be polite, Lincoln stepped back to wait his turn to walk across the platform, his back pressed to one of the train cars. The situation probably seemed harmless enough until the train started moving, which whipped Lincoln around and dropped him into the space between the platform and the train an incredibly dangerous place to be. Lincoln probably would have been dead if a stranger hadn't yanked him out of the hole by his collar. This man just happened to be one of the most celebrated actors of the 19th century. The actor had no idea whose life he had just saved until he received a letter 
a few months later commending him for his bravery in saving the president's son. That stranger? None other than Edwin Booth, John Wilkes Booth's brother. <laughs> 